Hey everybody, Tyler Smith here with another More Than One Lesson mini-show. This is number 64, in which we will be talking about Lord Richard Attenborough's Gandhi. He actually is a lord. I know of only two uh, actor, directors, whatever, uh, that became lords. The other one being Laurence Olivier. Um, there's a lot of sirs, but I only know of a couple of lords. And Richard Attenborough is one of them. Or he was. I think he's gone now. He, he passed away uh, recently. Um, Not even last year. Yeah, he, he was. Yeah, he was super old. Mm-hmm. Um, so, oh, uh, who was that talking? It was my co-host Josh Long. Josh, <laughs> yeah, how you doing? Good. What about Lord Daniel Radcliffe? <laughs> almost, he, uh, almost. He's um, getting there. Yeah. So he's the Lord of Magic. You haven't even seen the rest of the movies. We got to watch those no, sometime. I've only seen three. Yeah, three of eight. Uh, yeah, seven stories, but eight movies. Yeah. Yes. Um, okay. Uh, so Josh has somewhere he has to be, and so we are going to, uh, we're going to just crank this one out because we're talking about Gandhi, a film that I am, that I saw in high school. We -hmm. watched it in school. Um, and I only recently rewatched over the last couple of days and was not able to finish it because it is a, it's three hours and 10 minutes. Yeah. It's a long one. And so as one would assume, this is the, a biopic about Gandhi and here's what I'll say right off the bat. You know, you have certain memories or certain ideas of what a movie is when you go to watch it or rewatch it. And the one that you and I both thought of with Gandhi was a slog. It's going to be, it's a long movie. It's kind of boring. It's a slog. It's really straightforward and who I, cares? And I didn't have this as much of a negative opinion of it as you did, but, but your memories of it were pretty much like a, this was not an enjoyable film. And it might be the fact that I watched it in school. And yeah, though I was be. undoubtedly happy to be watching a movie instead of listening to my stupid teacher. <laughs> um, let's see. Hang on. Let me think what class I watched it for. Yep. Okay. Stupid teacher. Um, mm-hmm. The, uh, yeah, I, I think I viewed it as, as, in retrospect, I think I viewed it as boring. In watching that, it again. Funny, that was my same experience with the first time I saw Lawrence of Arabia because it wasn't, uh, I watched the first half of it in a class and we weren't able to finish it there and I had to watch the last half of it uh, on my computer in my dorm room. Ugh. So that is not the way to watch that film. No. Fortunately, later on, I got to see a 70 millimeter screening of it at the, uh, at the, uh, Egyptian theater here in Hollywood. So that, uh, that's a much better way to see that, that film. It is odd that you bring up Lawrence of Arabia because when you watch Gandhi, so I, in watching it yesterday, a moment ago, I mentioned, how old Richard Attenborough was uh, at the time of his death. And I don't mean, I don't want to crap on Richard Attenborough. I think he was a really great, uh, actor. And I think I, and I've seen a few of the movies that he directed and I think I like them for the most part, but he came up in film, you know, in the forties yeah, and fifties. Um, and I think that shaped who he was going to be as a director. He's in the great escape. He's in the great escape. He's in, uh, Oh, he's in, I think, In Which We Serve, which is a Michael Powell film. Hmm. Um, or is that David Lean? That might be David Lean. Ah, shoot. Now I don't remember. I saw it in my David Lean, Michael Powell class, but I don't remember oh. when. Um, For a second, there, I thought you were getting David Lean and Richard Attenborough mixed up. And I was which like... Which one directed Lawrence <laughs> of Arabia? I, I think it's Richard Attenborough. I don't think... Uh, but yeah, I think... I think that formed him as a director and when you watch gandhi you get a lot of lawrence of arabia in that yeah i mean it's 
it's very strange how much that echoed. Now, yeah. I think Lawrence of Arabia is a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. Um, Gandhi, I don't necessarily think is one, and I'll talk about why in a moment. But um, and this is, by the way, not necessarily a complaint. And if anything, it was kind of refreshing um, because. You know, I think that some of those older movies felt a need to provide some context, sometimes maybe a little too much, where mm-hmm. you see the the figure, you see the the character that we're, you know, the the historical figure that the film's about. You see them, and they're doing what they're doing, and then it will cut to their opponent, or it will cut to, like, the higher up, or someone who just does not understand what this person is doing, mm-hmm. and you often with British accents, um, and they're talking about, like, why would he do such a thing and all that, and that is for us. Maybe a little too much for us, but that's to kind of give us a little bit more context as to why this is a strange thing to be doing, what this person is doing. And that is all over this film. Hmm. Um, Just as it's all over Lawrence of Arabia, the film has an intermission. Uh, The way that the film is scored feels old fashioned. It Hmm. like you could tell me. We're not for the presence of, you know, Ben Kingsley and a, and a handful of others. Uh, you could tell me that this was shot in 1965 and I would hmm. believe you 100%. Really? Yeah. And again, that's not necessarily a complaint, but it's something that as, you know, since I last saw the film, I have become a film lover and somebody who knows what older movies are like. Right. And so it's so odd to me. Now, I don't think he was making the film as a throwback. I think that's just, I think he was making it sincerely and this is how he makes movies. Hmm. Um, but it was interesting to, to look at it like that. And it felt like I was watching a film from the sixties and that hmm. felt somehow refreshing to me. Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't say I like the movie a lot precisely because the main to go, we'll go back to Lawrence of Arabia. I don't necessarily, I, I, I tend to think it's unfair to compare a movie to Lawrence of Arabia, mm. um, as we did with Exodus gods and Kings. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but I will say the the big difference between the two is that who is Lawrence? He's enigmatic. Mm-hmm. That's not necessarily the same as being, unmotivated the character of gandhi's not necessarily he has clear motivations but you don't see the process in which he decides passive resistance is the way to go like you don't see that i do remember thinking that a little bit like we would come to a scene i feel like you don't delve too much into who he really is and what he thinks he arrives fully formed yes there is no arc it seems like suddenly oh this is what we're doing now because gandhi said so and i I guess that's it i guess that's enough yeah and i mean maybe that's a little bit true to the character that he was probably not somebody who was explaining his thoughts all the time to everybody he didn't didn't seem like that type at all uh but then again neither was lawrence of arabia and and yet somehow and this is not on ben kingsley he does a great yeah he's he's giving a fantastic Um, performance but somehow i think it's in the writing maybe it's and it's also just in the character but like both characters are seen as by others as like what who are these guys in Lawrence of Arabia, somebody yells, who are you? And, mm-hmm. and he never actually responds. Um, but like with Lawrence, there's almost this otherworldly quality to him as though he feels like, not that he thinks he's better than the world, but he feels like, like I feel like I shouldn't have to interact with people mm-hmm. the way that other people do. Mm-hmm. And I think, and I think there's a certain, a certain self-righteousness in him and a certain self-regard there, but also he's completely unselfconscious. Yeah. Whereas I think 
uh, and I think all that works against him and it makes him a multi-dimensional character Hmm. he's enigmatic because he refuses to explain himself that includes to the audience and as a result we wind up almost frustrated not at the writing of the character but at the character himself Hmm. um and we're just eager it's like and then and then this desire to keep people at arm's length suddenly him going off into the desert makes a lot more sense Hmm. gandhi however like i said it really does feel as though Richard Ambrose said, like, hey, we all love Gandhi, right? We all know what he did. We all know he's amazing. Now let's just watch that depicted. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. It's almost more interesting, like it's a almost as a documentary, because I mm-hmm. didn't know a whole lot of the details of, of what he did. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, you always hear about the hunger strike or yeah. something like that. And, and like wise kind things that he would say and you know passive non-resistance but uh you don't always hear about to what end and what was he trying to achieve and what did he achieve and did it all work out well and that that stuff actually was kind of interesting to me um but if you already knew all of that i can see it not adding a whole lot of new elements to the story it's more in a way it's almost like Okay, this is going to sound probably a little insulting. It's like when someone has a favorite comic book and they're like, oh, I just want to see that on screen. They don't necessarily want to see anything new brought to it. They just want to see this on screen Mm -hmm. and that's it. They want to see a literal translation and that's all. And that's sort of what what Gandhi feels like is – whether you knew what he did or not, like I want to see a depiction of this great man. Problem. Okay. Mission accomplished. Let's all go home. Um, and you know, it's interesting. The film reminded me like of an interesting, it's a, it's a combination of Lawrence of Arabia and Selma. Now, yes, I realize Selma came out many years later. Uh, although it should be noted that Martin Sheen has a part both in Gandhi and in Selma. Really? Yeah. And, uh, he has, yeah, yeah. He shows up. Um, it's his character from apocalypse. Now he's back (laughs) and he's angry. Um, he's the one who, uh, I was going to say spoiler, but maybe I'll, Oh yeah. uh, Oh, you know what? Oh, and that's the other thing. Lawrence of Arabia. It begins with Lawrence's death. Yeah. That's true. Gandhi begins with Gandhi being assassinated. Yeah, that's true. And then it goes back. I couldn't remember so, where that happens in the movie, so I wasn't going to say anything about it. I was going to say Martin Sheen, the, the, one, the one who comes to kill Gandhi. Yeah, it's the first thing you see. Um, and so, uh, but but to me, like Selma, actually, I, I I think is a more effective movie because you actually get into the nuts and bolts of these people planning. You have scenes of, yeah. of guys debating the best way to go about this. Yeah, what's going to work and yeah. and why they want to do it and how to do it. And And that, I think, really gave me a lot of insight into exactly why uh, Martin Luther King Jr. was was trying to do what he was trying to do yeah. and how it actually worked. And there was, there was yeah. a lot of depth to his actual plan, and that yeah. was cool to look into when you really thought about it that way. Whereas the character of Gandhi, and I have no doubt that there are strategy sessions and all that sort of thing, but where they don't see that. Uh, we we not we aren't we're not really allowed to see that. There we are allowed to see some debates about like passive resistance versus force. We are allowed to see that, but we don't know how he arrives at this. It almost treats him, and frankly, culture at this point they will say Gandhi in the same breath as Jesus. Yeah. Now 
you and I, of course, believe in Jesus, and we believe that Jesus was God, and thus, if he has an idea, it is God inspired, you know, very directly God inspired, right. and it's going to be a transcendent idea. Gandhi, yeah. however, was a person, yeah. and I would have liked to see more of how he arrived. That's at true. Certain ideas. It does kind of treat him as transcendent, and I think yeah. if we're not believing that he is some kind of God figure, which I don't think we really believe and i don't yeah. think the film even believes that right um i feel like it has a responsibility to look into him as a as a man also if he is if he is genuinely we'll, we'll stick to that word transcendent if gandhi is transcendent that then there is no call to action on the part of the audience mm-hmm. if you see a bunch of people sitting down and strategizing and trying to figure out what the best thing is well that's a thing we can do yeah but if it's a guy who just shows up and says this is the thing to do and then it works mm-hmm well, I've never had, I've very rarely in my life had a moment like that where I yeah. instinctively know that something works. And so I can't relate to that. So I just feel like, well, I can't do what he did. Yeah. You know, but he was just a man. He was, he was, and also I think it takes away some of his bravery. If yeah. he seems above us, then his courage is like something that's out of reach and something that I guess he just has. But if he's just a guy with a wife and children as he was, um, then him being willing to do the, to go to jail, to be physically hurt, killed, uh, to starve himself almost to death, then it's like, that's really inspiring because he's just some guy. Yeah. Like, like we all are. Yeah. And I feel like by, by revering your subject too much, I feel like it, it robs us of, uh, relating to him, mm-hmm. which can then inspire us even more. Yeah. Uh, so we're talking a lot about problems with the film. It is remarkably watchable. Mm-hmm. It is, it moves at, for as long as it is, it moves. It goes from yeah. one scene to another and you get the information you get out. Uh, it's paced very nicely. Um, and thankfully, and Ben Kingsley, like he's got the weight of the film on his shoulders and he bears it very well, mm-hmm. uh, while always seeming like a genuinely humble man, yeah. uh, who is never grandiose and that sort of thing. Yeah. And so, uh, so yeah, it's a film that, I'd say, like what you said, if you don't know the specifics of what Gandhi did, and I knew I knew the generalities, but none of the none mm-hmm. of the specifics. If you don't know that, go ahead and give it a watch. I think you'd yeah. I think you'd enjoy it, and you could spend your time worse. And I think I think it raises some interesting political ideas, even though it doesn't, it, even though it may not get into the the character we made the way we might want it to, mm-hmm. um, because ultimately his his plans don't totally work out. There's still a lot of. Uh, there's still a lot of infighting, which is one of the reasons that he is assassinated. Um, so, I don't know. I, I think, I think the way that it explores uh, everything not really working out perfectly, yeah, I think is interesting. Yeah, and it's and it does give you a really good sense of place and time. Uh, you get, you feel like you are. It's it is interesting because, you know, India at the time was under British rule. So there are times when you, uh, you know, uh, you and I are both American, we're Westerners living in, you know, 2015. So I feel like we can't necessarily relate to India at the time, but it's so interesting because you see parts of, of, you know, native India, but then you also see Westernized India. Yeah. Uh, and that's not a thing you're, you, certainly these days when you think of that, that region, you don't think of there being, you know, that it's that it's basically owned by Britain, that it's part right. of the empire. So it's it's jarring in a good way. It's jarring to see that mm-hmm. and to think, wow, there was a time when these guys who 
and and I don't even necessarily and I don't think the film lays a lot of blame at the feet of you know the judges and the and the uh, police captains and stuff like they were born that the British Empire includes India and so this is just part of my country yeah so I don't even th- and I think the film wisely doesn't condemn them for that but it still yeah. says that the practice itself was wrong right and I think it connects us to, it connects us as Americans to an interesting piece of. Uh, Indian history that we share with yeah. India in being in rebelling from British rule. Yeah, I've always felt like there are some there are some things in Indian culture that that we really share with them in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and granted, we're much further away from independence than they are. Yeah, um, but I don't know. I, I've always found that interesting. Yeah, and so and yeah, their struggle is our struggle mm-hmm. uh, as you yeah. watch it, and there is this feeling of and of you know it's it's. It's tough when you watch it and you just think like, man, those British. But that's the, that's the nature of an empire. Mm-hmm. It, it, it wasn't. It's not about the British specifically. It could be the Romans or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, just saying like this, all these lands, some of them very distant. They belong. All these lands belong to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, Gandhi is not. It is not a bad movie. I think it could be more in depth. I think mm-hmm. it would be more satisfying for me personally. But I think. Richard Attenborough achieves very well his goals. Yeah. And I think his goals are uh, this. Okay. This sounds mean. His goals are old fashioned. His goals are to uh, are. They come about from his 1940s and 50s sensibilities like Mm -hmm. Lawrence of Arabia. The reason that that movie goes beyond a mere biopic is because that at the heart of it is a character that is unknowable mm. and we're spending three hours trying to get to know him only to find that it's not possible. Mm. And I think that's actually very forward thinking yeah. in, in its execution. Whereas I think God, like you could say Lawrence of, like you could tell me Lawrence of Arabia took place in the eighties and Gandhi took place in the sixties. And I'd believe you in both cases. <laughs> um, and so, uh, so yeah, he achieved what he wanted to do. And I think he does it, uh, maybe not wonderfully, but certainly effectively. The film won Best Picture, Director, Actor, Original Screenplay, Cinematography, Art Direction, Costume Design, and Editing. That's eight, I'm, which that's, is that's a bunch, a lot. Eight was the record uh, for for a time. I thought Ben Hur won like eleven. It did, but before that, eight was the record. The okay. year before that, actually, because Gigi won eight Oscars, which <laughs> we'll have that to talk about at I'm some sure. point. Um, but then, yeah, the next year, Ben Hur won eleven, and that remained the record until Lord uh, of the Rings won eleven. Uh, yeah, well, that's I think it's still the record. Um, Titanic and Lord of the oh. Rings have tied the record. Okay, yes, yes. Uh, Lord of the Rings: Return of the King. But let's just be honest, Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Um, here's another uh, thing I was wondering about this film and in uh, talking about it is, do you think? Because I thought I don't know if they would do this today. Um, is there something offensive in? taking a story about an Indian man whose whose life goal and, and his biggest uh, the biggest thing that he achieved was escaping British rule to bring in a British actor to play that man well if it was just a straight British actor that'd be one thing but I think he actually does have I think he does have like Indian or at least like Middle Eastern blood in him. Yeah, yeah. I don't think his name has actually been Kingsley, but I might be wrong about that. In it's fact, Mahatma Gandhi. It, which, yeah. Oh my. Oh my. That suddenly <laughs> he's been in hiding this, all these years. Who would have thought uh, Gandhi would make such a great uh, 
a great Mandarin in Iron Man 3, which he does, by the way. Um, but yeah, and I might be wrong about that. So actually, uh, you've got your phone out. Can you look it up? Yeah, I'm, I'm curious about that. Um, yeah, that is a thing that I was actually thinking is, were people offended by that? Oh, it says born Krishna Pandit Banji. So that, that sounds, <laughs> sounds at least yeah. uh, Indian or possibly Pakistani or something. Yeah. So I think because he has that in in him and, you know, Gandhi himself was a subject of the British Empire. And just I mean, it seems like yeah. if anybody, Ben Kingsley is the best possible choice for it, not merely because of talent and look, but because of his actual heritage. So I feel like it's I feel like it's OK. But at the same time, I'd be interested in looking into it and seeing if people were angry about that at the time uh especially because you know the film utilizes any number of you know indian actors to the extent that i feel terrible saying this but the two villains from indiana jones and the temple of doom they're in this film and they're just they're just two of several indian actors who play like really really thought out characters oh, okay. and so it's it's almost like oh we're making a movie that takes place in india now these guys don't have to play villains <laughs> isn't that wonderful yeah um so uh but yeah but the the acting is is great all around it's always and again if you want to get a general idea of the way in which ben uh richard ambro was thinking trevor howard is in the film uh john mills is in the film like these actors whose heyday was very much the 40s mm. um and i think that's kind of fascinating but um but yeah so uh to move on um so the other best picture nominees were et missing tootsie and the verdict that's a i've seen all of them missing is a is fine i don't love it that's but it's the only fine. one i haven't seen um there's a pretty gr- uh, solid slate yeah i love the verdict i love tootsie and i love et mm-hmm. uh i love that's all- et the extraterrestrial i'm not following you what's that no oh, it's entertainment tonight oh. they made of it that wow. that tv series was based on a movie <laughs> as a strange adaptation spielberg you genius <laughs> um and so uh I personally like all three of those more than Gandhi. But if I was to think in terms of best picture and all that, it, it, it seems more like a best picture winner, like yeah. the big epic thing. Although the Although big epic I, is not always the one that wins. So. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, we just, you know, uh, the last best picture we talked about was uh, terms of endearment over the right stuff. Yeah. Uh, for me, I would say the thing that I think most deserves best picture of these is E.T. the extraterrestrial, which also has some epic qualities to it. Yeah. Um, but I think is, I'll say this, anybody who says like E.T., that's a kid's movie, go and watch it. There's a lot of stuff for adults. Yeah. As Spielberg sometimes does. Yeah, that's, it, 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 it's not a hook. Do, no, no. He has things that, that appeal to children, but, uh, appealed to like a, uh, maybe a childlike idealism in adults. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, uh, uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind is the same thing. Absolutely. You, could i mean kids would certainly enjoy that movie but there's something about uh what can i think of his name richard Main, dreyfus richard dreyfus's character being uh kind of becoming a child in many ways yeah um so i don't know spielberg's always attached to that in some way and then you were talking about gandhi feeling like it was made many years ago mm. et is certainly one that feels of the moment and of the time oh sure um and in, in I a think good there's, way and i think it's very timeless i think yeah. people can return to et over and over again and yeah. and watch it and, and it was it. it was something new and yeah. fresh and 
it's kind of the way, the way I felt about uh, was it Social Network versus the King's, the King's speech? speech? Yeah. yeah, same thing. Like Social Network yeah. was of the moment that spoke yeah. to like what what was going on in our culture at that moment. It was about uh yeah just everything that was about in king's speech was a safe period piece although looking at these best picture nominees i think the film that was the most of the moment in a number of ways was tootsie well maybe so which maybe is which is probably my my personal favorite of all five of these more than the verdict which i love (laughs) more than et more than gandhi more than missing tootsie i think is a comic masterpiece yeah and i love it so so much bill murray's performance in that film is one of my favorite of any of his performances yeah and and you know what it's such a class move because he the studio wanted to put his name above the title with Dustin Hoffman, Jessica Lange, Bill Murray and he oh, said yeah. he's like I recognize that my name means more but my character doesn't deserve that. Yeah. So he's like and it might give people the wrong idea of what the movie is uh-huh. and I would hate for them to to go into this movie and have a negative thought because they feel like they were lied to. Yeah. So he's like, so just leave my name. You <laughs> well, know, good elsewhere. for him. Yeah. I think that's kind of amazing. So, uh, yeah. So personally for me of the best picture nominees, I, I'm, I'm, I understand why Gandhi won, but I personally think ET deserves it more. Now, when you look at the other 1982 releases, I was born in a good movie year. I mm-hmm. think certainly a, a formative one <clears throat> in a year lot of, of ways. Porkies. You know what? Yes, that is a formative film. That's true. That along with Caddyshack really set up the idea of like this and, and Animal House. Like it was this, th- this, this trifecta of like slobs versus snobs. Mm-hmm. In some, ta- in some cases, gross out comedy, raunchy comedy. Mm-hmm. Movies like American Pie would not exist without Porky's. Make of that what you will. Yeah. But I mean, that was certainly like a box office juggernaut mm-hmm. as Porky's was. Um, but then you also got stuff like Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, which I think everybody would agree is the best Star Trek movie of yeah, all. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, you got 48 Hours, which, you know, uh, helped make Eddie Murphy a star along mm-hmm. with Beverly Hills Cop. Um, you've got Fitzcarraldo. That's, I love that film. I think it's marvelous. It's, uh, it's a little strange, but it's, uh, uh, I don't know. It's a tunnel into the mind of Werner Herzog a little bit, and it's yeah. kind of fascinating that way. And you you can see the the uh, uh, you can see how fascinating the actual making of the movie is just by watching it. Yeah, that they're actually pulling this giant old timey steamship over an inlet of land from yeah. one side to the other side. And then, but in case you uh, also want to know about the making of it, you could also watch Burden of Dreams, which is which another is fantastic film. Yeah. Uh, but then Poltergeist came out this year. Sophie's Choice came out this year. Blade Runner. Blade Runner. Uh, yeah. But then also movies like Creep Show and Diner and Fast Times at Ridgemont High. First Blood, the character of Rambo, was oh, introduced yeah. this year. Uh, Kwiatkowski, uh, which is a very um, influential documentary. I need to um, see that. Documentary doesn't even seem like the right word for it. Yeah. But. I'm a big fan of my favorite year. You get a movie like One from the Heart, which destroyed Francis Ford Coppola's career, which I think is mar- a wonderful film, by the way. Yeah. Um, but ambitious, and there's no possible way he was ever going to yeah. make his money back on it. But you get The Thing, Tron. Uh, I mean, this there was a lot of movies this year that people look back on as either influential or a movie that people will still watch over and over again. Uh, so looking at the year that the larger year, not just the, the actual nominees, looking at the larger year, what would I say is the best picture? And my vote would probably be Blade Runner or Fitzcarraldo. Yeah. 
That's a tough. I say that I've, having not seen Sophie's Choice. That's true. I have not seen Sophie's Choice either, and I've heard that is that's a great one. Uh, I do need to see it eventually. I, it's one of those ones that has such a stigma of being sad yeah. that I'm like, when am I going to be in the mood to watch Sophie's Choice? Well, I'm always in the mood to watch Sophie's Choice. Apparently, well, <laughs> um, but you know what? Actually, it's a film that, despite its recent inclusion, not recent. I think it was like at this point seven years ago. But the inclusion on the most recent afi top 100 list yeah aside from that almost everybody says that like her performance is marvelous mm-hmm. kevin klein's performance is marvelous but the film itself is merely good hmm. um like i think i read roger ebert's review i think he gave it two and a half stars really um so like i'm i'm curious to know what i would think of it yeah um i think yeah. i own it well we'll pop it in some yeah. casual night take it with you on your uh, on your trip <laughs> And, you know what uh, I feel like? It's like, Sophie's I got a choice. night free. Um, Some barbecue and watch Sophie's Choice. But yeah, so for me, um, oh, I also didn't mention Pink Floyd The Wall, which I love. Um, mm-hmm. Not merely the album, but I do love the movie as well. Yeah. But yeah, so for me, it's probably between Fitzcarraldo and Blade Runner, and I think I'll go ahead and say Blade Runner, um, which I think has such a strong visual uh, quality to it, and and it has you know some interesting characters, and it has some of my favorite some of my favorite lines and some of my favorite ideas you know, yeah it's too bad she won't live but then again who does mm. such a simple line that i think is marvelous yeah um and it's a it's a very uh it's one of the better adaptations of the world of philip k dick novels yeah so um so yeah a lot of great movies that year um and gandhi in my opinion certainly not the best of the year but it's a perfect as a best picture it is a best picture type of movie and mm-hmm. it's perfectly understandable um it's a movie that if somebody asked me like hey i'm gonna go i'm gonna watch gandhi uh what do you think i'd say yeah go ahead it's not my favorite i don't think it's amazing uh after you watch gandhi go and watch et tootsie the verdict <laughs> Fitzcarraldo, so uh, yeah. uh blade runner like watch all these other films as well but if you're gonna watch if you feel like you have to watch gandhi go right ahead mm-hmm. um what, what would you say kind of the same thing or something yeah or kind of. I, like I mean that? i think if you're interested in the history of india you probably would get a lot out of it mm-hmm. or if you're just really interested in culturally in india because it is a it is a culture that is removed enough from us that it still seems very very alien to us i think mm-hmm. um so i think there's there's something interesting in that and learning a little bit more about that world um but it's not the most it's not the most interesting if, if you're gonna watch something that wants to give you a little peek into india i'd say watch the apu trilogy first oh sure absolutely yeah. um okay i think we'll probably leave it there uh the next best, best picture we're going to talk about is chariots of fire which I haven't seen and I won't be able to see before Josh leaves on his trip. So in a more than one lesson first, we may or may not uh, do an episode via Skype. So the sound quality will be different. Uh, And again, it may wind up not happening, uh, in which case there might be a week where we do not have an episode. Mm -hmm. Um, But maybe I'll try and actually do like a real episode there and then – maybe in June when you're back, we'll just do several minisodes in a row. Yeah. So, but please, we beg you don't ride in the streets. It, everything will go back to normal. I need to know a chariot of fire. <laughs> Is it good? Is it not? I don't know. <laughs> and I need to hear it in the highest audio quality possible. I just finished watching Gandhi. I don't know what's next. Flipping over a car. Um, so yeah, so we will leave it there. Thank you all for listening. Josh, thanks for being here. You're welcome. And we'll get you next time. Bye.